beautiful people, and welcome back to In Living Color Abroad. I'm your host, Angel Rodriguez. And in this episode, you'll be listening to Kiara, who is living abroad in France. Now, Kiara describes how the French culture in France has been a part of her life since high school. She took French in high school. She majored in French in college at Howard University, how that impacted her life. Also, the differences between studying abroad in France versus living abroad. The trials and tribulations that she went through in her first 10 days where she had to move from one apartment to the other, which is really crazy. And finally, what 2021 Kiara will tell her 2013 self about life in France. Hope you enjoy. This is In Living Color Abroad. Kiara, welcome to In Living Color Abroad. How you doing? I'm doing good. How's it going, Angel? I'm doing pretty good, pretty good. How about yourself? Not too bad. Um, I do want to say, and we'll probably get into this at some point, um, but it's pronounced Kiara ah. uh, and not Kiara. Ah, there we go. First mistake I read, Kiara, you said, right? <laughs> yes, Kiara. Kiara. I'm sure you've heard, you've heard Kiara a million times and must oh hate it. Oh my gosh, so many times. <laughs> And I'm pretty sure I'm going to touch bases on it today as we're speaking, <laughs> but I'm just going to throw it out there now. <laughs> All right, Kiara, tell us a little bit about yourself, please. So I am originally from Detroit, Michigan, born and raised. Um, I left home and I went to Washington, D.C. to get my bachelor's I'm from Howard University. I did that in French. Um, I actually studied French since high school as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like a little little tidbit there. Um, after I graduated from Howard, I moved to France, La Rochelle, small town, uh, where I lived there for a year. After that, I came back to the States, lived in New York for a little bit. I taught, then I went back abroad to get my master's degree in French. <laughs> then I came back to the States, <laughs> lived in D.C., moved back to New York, and now I'm back here in Paris as we speak. So a lot of back and forth. Yeah. I'm moving around. Traveling is a part of your life. It's been a part of your life for a minute it, now. <laughs> it, really, it really is. And I, I'm pretty sure, like, I'm at the point now where I'm, like, ready to sit down. But, you know, I said that last year and look where I am now. <laughs> but um, we'll see. We'll see. But, um, yeah, I'm in the field of education. So I teach. Um, I also just started DJing. Um, I also started uh, teaching workout classes. I haven't started officially yet. But um, those are just a few of my hobbies. So, I like to call myself a jack of all trades. You know? <laughs> that's cool. I mean, a little it's, bit of everything. Right, right, right. It's important. It's important to diversify. Uh, you know, your interests. That's, exactly. that's that's awesome. So let's let's take it right uh, from the beginning. So you're from Detroit. I follow. Uh, yes. I see your Instagram. You rep uh, Detroit a lot. So I think I want to interview you one person that's from Detroit. I believe. So tell us a, a little bit about Detroit. I'm from New York City, and, I, and you know, okay. those from, from New York. I'm sure you've met many that they don't know anything besides New York. So <laughs> right. So tell us about Detroit. What makes Detroit so special? (laughs) Detroit, well, for one, it's home, you know? Like, home is where the heart is. And, you know, a lot of people probably are aware of the history behind Detroit. So, you know, back in the day, you know, we were hustling bustle. We had the car industry. We were were the place to be, especially Mm -hmm. for uh, black people. Um, And then, you know, car crash, company crashed, um hit us and you know things kind of went down the drain from there but um honestly like I think about Detroit from when I was younger to now and 
so much has changed um, for better or for worse, you know, like, mm. for example, the downtown area, um, there's so much gentrification happening down there right now. So every time I go home now as an adult, I feel like a tourist. Wow. Like, it's it's insane. And it's like the people that I see down there now, I'm like, oh, I didn't see all these people down here when I was growing <laughs> up. <laughs> so it's, it's really interesting um, to see it sort of uh, evolve right in front of your eyes. Um, right. But, you know, I, home is home. It We have a lot of work to do, of course. There's still a lot of crime happening in the city. Um, and it sucks because when I tell people I'm from Detroit, you know, they have they have their their opinions from media, right? right so they're like, right. oh, you're from Detroit. Oh, my God, it's so bad. I'm going to get shot. <laughs> And it's it's, right. it's it's not funny, but it's funny. I went to I went to an all girls Catholic high school, and uh, there would be girls that would come up to me and they would say, "Oh, you know, my parents won't allow me to go to Detroit. They just think it's so dangerous." Mind you, my high school was like fifteen minutes outside of Detroit, wow. and I'm just like, I'm like, you know, I've never been shot before, guys. It's okay, we'll be all right. <laughs> Got but it, got it's it. honestly, it's it's no worse than any other major city. So right, right, right. It's like that everywhere. And, and I'm glad you mentioned. You also mentioned obviously Howard University, HU. Uh, I've met a lot HU, of people you know? <laughs> through through the yeah. years that are from that I went to Howard. But I never really spoke about too much of what it's like to go to HBCU. So tell us what <sighs> what impact has that had on your life thus far going to Howard? Oh my gosh, it's probably had one of the most significant impacts on my life. And just a like little backstory, I actually didn't want to attend Howard University. I wanted to go to a small school in Michigan. Um, but my aunt, she sort of, she was like, you know what, Kira, I can really see you here. I didn't even go visit the school before I went. I just went there. And I didn't want to go because it was an HBCU. Right. So right. for those that are listening, HBCU is a historically black college and university um, in the United States. Yeah, yes, right. thank you. Exactly. So I was a little ignorant. I'm not going to lie. When I was younger and I sort of assumed that it would be like a, a Detroit public school. Right. Which is, you know, I'm saying this now. This was very right. ignorant of me. I was very young. But the thing that I saw in the DPS school system, I just, you know, I was like, oh, my God, I don't want to go there. It's going to be dangerous. Like, you know, all of these things. Right. And it was the complete opposite. But it was really, like, a time for me to see my people in a different light. Like, I've met so many different people from so many different backgrounds, people from the Caribbean, people from Africa, and people of all different statuses. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just truly the best experience of my entire life. I would completely do my undergraduate career all over again. I wouldn't change anything. That's amazing. Um, but yeah, it's just, yeah, it was true. And, and that's a big thing because I, for my, my experience, I never, I never left New York. I went to CUNY, right? And New York City. Okay, but mm-hmm. I know a lot of people speak about when you go somewhere, when you leave like your comfort zone, right? And then yes, you see people yes. that look like you, like you said, from different social statuses, that changes your perspective on what's possible. And I think, 100%. and that's the impact of uh, hopefully my podcast has, and then having people like you on the podcast as well that are living, living out there in France. So let's let's jump, let's move forward now. That's awesome. So okay. what okay. got you, how did even France happen? Did you always knew in your mind growing up, since you studied French in high school, you said, right? Did you always mm-hmm, know yeah. France was going to be somewhere in the future, some point, sometime? I had a feeling from like the moment from like the first week of me being in my high school French classes, I was like, okay, 
this is this is something there's something here i probably can't put my finger on it now but there's something um and you know i just really had a great uh, high school french teacher she was amazing there's that teacher impact right there right and um the my teacher at that time she took her classes every other year to france to paris um so my junior year i was actually able to travel there for the first time ever my entire life and uh we went to i think we did like two weeks we went to Paris, we did Nice, Monaco, uh, Provence, and we did like a little time outside of Italy, but that was my first time traveling outside of the country, and it was that moment there that I was like, wow, this is an unforgettable experience for me, like I want to continue to do this in some way, shape, or form. Wow, um, that's so, amazing. Yeah. And for those of yeah, listening, it was- and it sounds like Kiara's outside, it's because she is outside, so she's taking us <laughs> through the ambiance of <laughs> I'm France. I'm right? raw Parisian <laughs> yeah. City slicker lifestyle that she she is now okay. living in Paris in Paris. So I mean that's amazing. You mentioned the teacher impact and like there's something to and obviously we're both educators so we, we're we're biased. But this right. is the this is no. the real. This is the real. When you meet come across someone that feels a certain zest and passion for what they do, that is mm-hmm. that is ridiculous. Like the same thing happened to me. Yeah. People know the story. Like my professor in college. Uh, shout out to Mark Adams. It wasn't. If it wasn't for him. I would have pursued music and music education. Wow. Like it was literally one person that changed my trajectory. So would you say your mm-hmm. this teacher changed your trajectory as far as how where you see yourself now? I would say so. Yes, mm. absolutely, one hundred percent. And it's really cool because I haven't talked to her um, in like the past couple of years. But you know. The last time I was in France, I reached out to her and I was able to um, do a video chat with her in um, in her, one of her classes, and that was really amazing. Wow. Was like everything just came sort of like full circle right, for me in that right. moment. I'm like, wow, I'm sitting here behind the screen talking to Mercy Girls about my experience in <laughs> France while I'm in France with my French teacher. Like she's the reason why I'm here. Like right. it, was, it was really cool. Wow, I, I can't even imagine how how proud she is of you, right? Seeing that one of her oh former God, students yeah. is, is doing that. That's amazing. <laughs> But that, that's the power yeah. of education, though, right? right that story right mm-hmm. there is the power of education. Mm-hmm. All right, so now you're taking French, right? How mm-hmm. how did your family view that? Because for me, my family, when I was doing music, they were like, mm-hmm. okay, you know, even though I came from a family of musicians, but that wasn't seen mm-hmm. as something that you should pursue, right? Whether it be a musician or mm-hmm. a music teacher. What about you? Like, yeah, I'm right. pursuing French. I want to do something with French. What did your family think about that? They thought it was amazing. Um, I don't come from a family that's very uh, strict on, like, you know, like, oh, you should do this. We want you to be this. Um, So I didn't really deal with that. Um, So when I told them I wanted to major in French, um, and plus I had the education aspect of it as well. Right. Um, They just sort of assumed that, you know, I would go into teaching, and for them that was okay. Like, I have a couple educators in my family. Um, My granny was a nurse, so I'm sure she would have been happy if I went into medicine, but, you know. Right, right, right. Okay, cool. So you didn't, you didn't, you didn't feel that pressure then. You didn't feel that that family pressure. No, cool. I didn't have the pressure at all. No. All right, cool. So when you go abroad to France, because I I knew about studying abroad like in high school that that was a thing, but I never thought of something that mm-hmm. I could do. So would you also then credit also you going to study abroad? Was that because of your teacher as well that you felt like yeah, this is for me? So um, it technically wasn't study abroad because I didn't go during um, my time. Oh, okay. At Howard, so it wasn't during those years that I went. Okay. I went to France 
once I graduated. Um. And so it was a, yeah, it was um, like my senior year where I decided, you know, I think I need to go to this country and actually immerse myself fully in the language and the culture. Um, and I just, you know, did some research. I found a program and I thought it seemed really cool. And um, I ended up getting it. Um, and then that's how I ended up uh, living abroad. But it <laughs> happened after I graduated. So you did the, all that light work yourself. Yes. That's amazing. See, that, I mean, that's crazy, though, because you're right. It's study abroad, but but it wasn't through a program. You decided you were going to exactly. study abroad. <laughs> I decided. Right, right. That's dope, though. That's that's dope. I mean, okay, so yeah. take us through that experience, given that it was just it was just you, right? Yeah. So, so um, you know, I just Google is my best friend. Okay, <laughs> if something I want to do, I I go to Google and we work together. But you know, I just sort of <laughs> I sort of just looked up, you know. Uh, teaching programs in France or living in France. And I kind of went down a rabbit hole there. Um, and I found this program called TAPIF, and it stands for a teaching assistant program in France. And I was like, okay, there's a teaching program. It's seven months. Uh, I only work 12 hours a week. So it seemed pretty promising to me. So um, that was pretty much the only program that I saw that uh, interested me. So I applied. And uh, I think I applied, I want to say, around November of like 2013 and I found out in April of 2014. Wow. Right before I graduated. Yeah, it was really cool. That's wild. Okay, so then you, mm -hmm. you so you did that experience. What were your first like thoughts of like, oh my God, this is going to be terrifying. Oh my God, I'm so excited. What was going through your mind right before you left to France in this study abroad uh, initiative you took? I was so excited because, mind you, like, the, the last time I had visited France was my junior year, so it had been, it had been some time, and, you know, I've been studying this language for all this time now, so I really wanted to put it to work, you know, right. um, and have that experience, so I was super excited. Of course, I was sad to leave my friends and my family, and, you know, I'm super far away, but... I was geeked. I'm not even going to lie. I was so ready. Um, I was a little sad. So with the program, you get like three options to choose where you want to live. Um, of course, I put Paris as my first option. Right. And just like a couple other cities as two and three, but I didn't get Paris. I was a little sad about that. Um, I got a really small town, mm. um, but it ended up being an amazing experience regardless. And I met like two of my best friends there. So. And now you out. can say that you went to a small town that most people don't go to, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So let's do a shout out. What's the small town called? Shout out to La Rochelle. It's La Rochelle. La Rochelle. Yes, okay. La Rochelle. It's a beautiful town, really nice. It's pretty much like a retirement. I would say it's like a retirement city, so it's like mm. older people, families. Okay. Um, there's like one club in the, <laughs> in the town. Um, but there were like three beaches near me, so it's beautiful. We would oh. go to the beach. Yeah, it was really nice. As a car whizzes by you. Cool. All right. So let's take it now. <laughs> let's take it now to the future. And I'll take me to the time where you decided. And I remember you, you the good thing about it, if you, you got to go follow Kiara's page, we'll, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. But Kiara really takes you through her journey and you feel like you're a part of it. That's why I like following your page. <laughs> no, because you really take people into like what's going on through your yeah. mind and what's, what's going on, what's happening. So, yeah. like, what, mm -hmm. at what moment between you teaching where you taught? Um, and you're like, all right, this is it. I got to leave. Take us to what was going on in, Ki in Kiara's mind during that time. Got you. To the moment that I'm here now, right? Right, that you decided I got to get got out of you. New York. Yep, mm-hmm. I got you. <laughs> so I was working at a school um, that I really wanted to work at um, solely due to the fact that 
the salary was of great interest to me. Yes. Um, so, I'm very know, familiar like, with that salary, by the way. I also yeah, applied to that mm-hmm. same school. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did. <laughs> Don't we all, okay, as educators? <laughs> if you see that salary, I'm sure we all right, would right. apply. It was six but, figures um, for those that are wondering, the salary at this school. Yeah, yep, go ahead, throw it out there, <laughs> throw it out there. Right, so, you know, I have all these friends, shout out to the homies who, you know, working at the school, and I'm like, okay, this will be a great environment for me. I have people here I know. Um, so I applied one year, and I didn't get it. And I was like, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. Applied again a second time, and they ended up giving me an offer, but it wasn't with the salary that I wanted. So, mind you, boom, 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 that probably was a sign for me right there that I should have not <laughs> But, you know, I, I went against my intuition, and I was just like, oh, you know, I can get my feet wet here, and it'll be okay, and I'll get the salary I want next year. Mm. So, basically, long story short, I had a very rough year at the school. Um, it was a pretty toxic work environment. Like, mm. the directors couldn't even pronounce my name correctly, and that's why I, you know, oh, right, mentioned right, right. that earlier, because yeah. I think that's important. Um, because in a sense, it's like when you do correct people, then they continue to not pronounce your name correctly. It's sort of like a form of disrespect. Right, so, right. So, um, I was just like, mm, this isn't for me. I'm not even doing anything with my friends here, like not anything. And so I said, you know what, maybe I need to get back on my path of doing something with French. And I just decided like, you know, maybe I should just reapply to that program again that wow. I did back in 2014. So I just reapplied. Um, and I put Paris down as my first choice. I got Paris, and I was just like, okay, this seems this seems like the right choice. So, I mean, that, that's crazy. You applied, what, eight years later. It's the same program. So the same exactly. program that you did. What was so... Yes. I mean, if I if I was in your position, I would have been thinking about mm-hmm. what was the difference between Kiara 2013 and Kiara now. So what was, what was different? Wow, um... Oh my God, so much. There's so much personal growth. Of course, right? That has went on between those years. But, you know, back in 2014, I was I was just young. I was young, wild, and free. Not saying that I'm not now, but it was on a different level. Right, right. And I just think now, fast forward to where I am, you know, I just turned 29. And with everything going on in the world, um, there's been a lot of self-reflection going on. So, you know, I'm still, I still have that young, wild, and freeness in me. But, you know, now it's just, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Hmm. That's interesting. Just getting into getting into that that getting ready to enter that realm of thirty. You know that that next step of adulthood. <laughs> yeah, so, I'm there ready. That realm. Of the- <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting realm. It's an interesting realm. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. I can tell already. <laughs> Not, but I think that's. I think that's really. There's something to be said about that, that you, this is the same program that you, that you apply to eight years later, mm-hmm. but you said so much has mm-hmm. changed, but yet some, you, you, something in you said, let me go back there to that program. Yeah. Let me go back to France. So what is it about France? And now we'll see more about French, uh, France in, in specifically, but what was it about France that called your name? Like, I want to go to France, not just leave the school or leave New York, but yeah. leave the whole fucking country. So what was it about, right. about France in particular? Well, I really, like, my first opinion was based off of my time in Paris, right? Mm-hmm. And my first time in Paris, I was I was just taken aback. I was like, wow, the architecture, the history, like, just being in the street. Like, I could literally just get lost and just find so <laughs> many beautiful things. It was, it was mind-blowing to me. And I've never felt like that anywhere else. Mm. Um, 
And, you know, I've traveled to other places, of course, but the, the feeling just wasn't the same. But also, again, like, I, I take it back to me knowing French. Like, right, of course. it's comfortable for me. It's great because I'm able to communicate with the people here, too. So it's like, because I can do that, I can, you know, be here and I can be a flaneuse, which is basically a person who just sort of just walks around and just get lost in the city. Mm. You know, no map, no direction, just just taking everything in. Um, and I'm able to do that here. And don't get me wrong, like, you know, the food, like, I get it by gay. I go to the boulangerie almost every day. I get my croissants. <laughs> I, just, I, I, I love it. Wow, 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 wow. That's, I mean. And the fashion here, yeah. come on. I, I'm really into fashion. <laughs> and, you know, it's completely different than, you know, in the States. You're not going to see many people walking around here with uh, sweatpants on. And sweatpants. <laughs> it's really like, you, you, you got to look good. Okay, and I'm here for that. I love it. <laughs> oh man! All right. So tell me. Okay. So obviously, your your, your family's been very supportive of you in, in your endeavors. But now it's like, all right, you know, family. I'm moving to France now again. Again, but this time, you know, again. I guess more. Yeah, more long term, maybe. Right. So, did they have different thoughts about it? Like, what would you say? You know, I would say yes. Um, I would say that they have different thoughts, and I do as well, because of course again like getting ready to enter the 30 round and right now I'm sort of at a point where I'm like okay I feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be but of course I'm thinking about the future right right? and so like myself along with you know my family members they're like okay so what's next what's the next step when you leave France this time what do you want to do and Mm -hmm. of course like I have my plans on what I would like to do um you know and I hope that the universe and I are in mind with that but you know it's just that slight fear of like okay you're getting older now so what are you going to do right 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 right, i think that's where we all are right now and i want to speak more about that because i i also i feel like i'm in that as well and i'm sure Mm -hmm. there's there's differences and similarities but being 31 Mm -hmm. which i am now um you know i think about right what is the future and where are my roots right because i like being here in costa rica is my third year but you start thinking about this thing about roots. And I don't know if this is like a natural thing that happens because, you know, I'm now 31 or because, you know, mm-hmm. I've been in this profession, right, education for like eight years. And I'm like, all right, what's my next yeah. challenge? Like you said, what's the next step? Am I moving in the right mm-hmm. direction? Am I not? Am I yes. being stagnant? And I don't like feeling stagnant. And it seems like you don't like Same. to feel that way either. So, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so it's always like this, this. you have to challenge yourself, right, every moment. And we got to reflect on that as me, as me being just an angel. But I think about, okay, do Mm -hmm. I want a family? Now I want to bring it back to you now. Do you, as a woman, do you feel like there's a different type of pressure? Like, I want to start a family and, you know, biological clock might be ticking in a few years. What Do you think Mm -hmm. about these things or what? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I just, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I literally was just thinking that as you were speaking, (laughs) the pressure is real. The pressure is real right now. You know, I, you know, I'm single and it's like okay that that clock is ticking what about marriage is that going to happen for me you know and then i'm here and i'm looking at all of my friends who are you know saving buying property doing things of that nature and i'm just sort of like "Mm, okay i'm not doing that right now like i hope i don't you know i hope i'm not putting myself at a disadvantage right but you know what it's really important to just remind yourself that what's one person's journey is not going to be the same journey as yours and that's okay Mm -hmm. and we really need to stop comparing ourselves to what other people are doing i asked my um i asked a few people in my family this question the other day or not the other day but a while ago and i said you know what were you doing at 29 i just wanted to hear a couple of different responses Mm -hmm. and like i got some responses like oh i was actually 
in jail on a charge. Or somebody said, oh, I was in school. Yeah, right, right. I was in school uh, getting ready to be an RN. Um, I was working at a bank. I just had put money down on the house. So I'm like, I'm hearing so many different stories. But one thing that stood up to me was my cousin. She said, you know what? I know, you know, you're 29 right now, but don't rush anything. She said, don't rush it. She said, continue to live your life as is. Let it flow. And things will happen the way they're supposed to. So that's where I am right now. And I'm sort of trying to shift my mindset about that. I'm just going to let things flow and let them happen for me the way they're supposed to because I don't have control over this. Right, right, right. And then the, the the worst thing that we could be, right, is just seeing our friends doing stuff is being envious or like hating on, on what they're doing because we're not doing exactly. that. Right. And exactly. then if you're if you're hating on your friends, you're not a good friend. Right, you're not a good you're friend. Exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. And vice versa like and then the the friends that hate on your life, right? Or, or whatever, like that's not being a good friend either, <laughs> yeah. right? So yeah, I, everybody, like you said, everybody has their own journey, and we 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 get yeah. to this to this destination, whatever that destination might be. We all get there at a different point, and whether we meet with those same friends at the end of this journey, that is life, Ooh. or a different group of friends, you know. So yeah, I said I say some cool things every now and then on the podcast. <laughs> Listen, you go, go ahead and drop those wisdom bombs. <laughs> every now and then I get in my bag. Every every now and then, every now and then, nah, but yeah, you know, like. <laughs> Reminds me of the post. Uh, it says like you know you're not even you're not even done meeting the people who love you yet. Right, right, and that's like, some. going to continuously be people coming in and out of your life. Right, and, and and we need to be, and that's why I think living abroad, Kiara. I think that's why there's something that's temporary about living abroad. And you have done so many things in your life that are very temporary, right? You went to Howard, you went to New York, you go back home, you go to France multiple times. Mm-hmm. These are things that are constantly mm-hmm. that ebb and flow. And I think me, I don't right. know if you feel this way, but. Me living abroad has taught me so much about life and everyone you meet and everything in life is very temporary. So that doesn't mean that you treat it like nothing. That means you cherish it even more because of how temporary it is. So you have to take everything in stride. You meet people that are there a couple years, you know, here in Costa Rica in my school. Now they're gone. Like now I have a friend that's living in Taiwan. You know, who knows? I'm going to see them again. But I'm glad I got to meet him. You know what I mean? And meet them. Right. Shout out to Gabe and Kiss. <laughs> you know, so I'm glad okay. I got to I got to meet them. You know what I mean? I yeah. know they're listening. Yeah. So um I'm glad I got to meet all these people. And it sucks that they're not here, right? To share the same experiences that I now I'm experiencing now. Yes. But mm-hmm. I'm glad they were part of my journey. And I think people when they when they move abroad, that's the perspective that you kind of get that we I, in my opinion that we might not necessarily get back home or think about because we're in our foundation and we're in our comfort zone. What do you say to that? I wholeheartedly agree with what you're saying. And, like, that aspect of having people that you are meeting constantly, like, that's so important. Like, there's people, like I said, like, there's people that I met in 2014 in La Rochelle who are still my good friends to this day. Mm. And you might not talk to those people every day. You might not see them all the time. But you know that those are still your, that's still your tribe. Right. That you know that if you contact those people today and you say, hey, let's go, let's go here. Can I meet up? Like, they'll be there for you. And that's right. so important. And living abroad teaches you just so much, especially about yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm Like, the amount of self-reflection that you're able to do when you are sort of, you know, somewhere else alone. Like, you don't know anybody else here. You have to really do a, a, lot, a lot of uh, <laughs> growing <laughs> right. within yourself. <laughs> And, and that's the one thing I tell people, right? When you go abroad, especially but you're on your own, there's going to be a lot of alone time. <laughs> there's going yes. to be time where, and, and the problems that you might have had back home, they don't disappear because you're abroad. They'll follow you because mm-hmm. that, that's what's inside of you. 
and you're bringing mm-hmm. that, and then you just deal with it in a different context, right? But exactly. the content doesn't change; it's just the context that changes. So it's Ooh, the content doesn't change the context. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> absolutely. And you know what else? You know what else you're gonna have to learn how to do when you live abroad is become independent. Right. And I think uh, if you are unable to do that, and if you're so dependent on others, living abroad might not be the best the best decision right, for you. Right, right, right. You right. have to really learn how to handle obstacles on your own and it's not easy. Yeah. Right, right, right. Especially when you don't have people here to help support you. Exactly. See, I told you it was going to be free flow. We went to a whole other avenue because... <laughs> but that's what's up. That's what's up. All right, so now... This <laughs> turned into a TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> take notes, people. Take notes. Take notes. <laughs> no. All right, so now, now friends. I've never been to France. Yes. And to be quite frank, I tell people this all the time because obviously France is a very popular destination to go to. I'm like, I don't really have an interest, but now talking to you, I might I have to go to France now. So you guys show me around. No. <laughs> but like, I never. Oh, absolutely. I'm the best tour guy. <laughs> but I never really had an interest in going to France. I'm like, yeah, it seems mm-hmm. cool. But, you know, I think about the Eiffel Tower. All right. Paris is a big city. You know, the Mona Lisa. Right. Uh, you know, but I don't really know much else be about france so what are some things about france that people that maybe have been there before or haven't been there that you think is like this is part of it that you probably are not thinking about what are some of those things about yeah, france that makes you course. unique yeah and i just want to note uh the fact that you know you said you didn't have an interest to come here and that's okay i need people to understand that that's okay because there are places that i have no interest in traveling <laughs> to. um and that's completely okay My, right. i have a different experience because you know i've I was here at a young age, and I saw it, and I was like, wow, this is great. But um, to your point, so for example, I'm going to tell you probably one of the biggest reasons why I love living here is the work-life balance. Mm. The French have work-life balance down to a T. Um, And you can think about, like, other countries here in Europe where they, you know, they close, they have the CS. Right. So like from the time of like 12 p.m. to 2 p.m., a lot of places are closed Mm. because people are at home having lunch with their families. I love that. Right. Um, A lot of places will be closed early. Some places, a lot of things are closed on Sunday. I just went to the mall today and didn't realize that it's closed because it's Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Because I forgot. Right. Right. So it's like things like that. Like my my part time work here is 12 hours a week. I have so much time to myself. Mm. And that's one thing I love about it here, like the culture. Um, the French are also very prideful people. So you know, a lot of strikes happen here, which is really funny. Um, I might try to go to work and there might be a, the transportation people might be on strike and you can't get to your work. <laughs> you can't get to your job. And you got to just kind of roll with the punches. But, right. um, you know, just like the architecture, the museums, the parks. I, I'm a very outdoorsy person. Um, I've probably been to about, uh, I'd say, six parks. Um, within like the past month, um, wow. lovely parks here. Yeah, the food is great. The food is, eh. no, it's okay. All right. I personally love French cuisine. A lot of people, not so much. Right, right. Okay, how would you compare? I know it's hard to probably compare and contrast, but because obviously Paris is a big city, right? But how would you compare and contrast to like a New York City? What are like some differences? Oh, no, Paris, is, Paris is just like New York. Oh, really? Okay. Just like New York. So, and I tell people this all the time. <laughs> like, it is so similar. In what ways? What ways? So, for example, the size, mm. right? Like, very similar. Um, you know how you have, like, the different boroughs in New York? Yeah. It's a little bit different here in Paris. Paris is huge, but there, there's not necessarily boroughs. But once you get outside of Paris, like, 
they're called the banlieue, which right translate into like the suburbs basically. Mm, okay. Um so like for example, I where I live right now would be like the equivalent to the Bronx. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm not right. And Paris, Paris would be like Manhattan. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. 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 But there's exactly. But there's. In what, in what ways? Of, I, I need to know. In what ways is it like the Bronx? Mm-hmm. I want to hear this. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's it's very. So when I lived in the Bronx, I was near Van Cortland, um, and it's pretty like residential over there. I'm pretty sure there's other areas of the Bronx that are more lively, but where I lived, it was very residential. Okay. So there wasn't much over there. Like gotcha. there was like one bar, there was like two bars by my house, like a deli, uh, and that's about it. Like it was really just houses around right, me, right. and that's where I live right now in Paris. It's not a lot to do. Okay. There's maybe like a couple markets, but it's more so residential, more homes. Got it. How long does it take you to get to Paris mm-hmm. from where you are? Takes me about a, takes me like fifty minutes, and that's how long it took Damn. me to get from the Bronx. Right, that's but that's how long it took me to get from the Bronx. Right, to right, right. That makes sense. It was right. The same amount of time on the train. <laughs> same amount of time on the train. So I was like, okay, this is very similar in that aspect. What do you see though on that train ride? What do you see in Paris? I mean, I'm oh, sorry, the train ride um, of Paris. What do you see? Like farms and yeah, shit, or so, um, not farms, but more so like open, like open fields, like uh factories things like that mm. and uh the train i will say the new york is um the people in new york are a little crazier than the people here in Paris. like you will see you will you you will see some crazies here okay don't worry, like, crazies, but, but on the trains on the trains here for example like you'll get people who will come on they'll like start singing their songs and playing music and stuff and you might have people like trying to you know uh get money from you or whatever right but right. um Versus in New York, you might see people doing, you know, break dancing, swinging on the pole, things like that. You right, don't really right. see that here. <laughs> but there are some crazies. So that's gotcha, gotcha. Um, and so I, I'm assuming, g- given that you're not living in the center of Paris, that Paris has to be very expensive. So how expensive is it to live in in France and in, like, that region uh, compared mm-hmm. to New York? How would you say? What would you say? I would say it is maybe a little... Maybe a little less than living in New York, mm. but maybe, but just a little bit. So, like for example, I was living outside when I first moved here. Where I live now is not where I lived when I first moved here. I had an, an issue. Um, there we go, talking about those obstacles. But um, <laughs> when I first lived here, I was paying seven fifty euro, which probably equates to about nine hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And that was just for a room, and that was for an hour outside of Paris. Okay. Damn. So that would be like the equivalent, and that's pretty much what I paid in the Bronx, mm. like around nine hundred dollars. And I was outside of New York. However, if you are in Paris, you're looking at around mm, twelve to fifteen hundred euro for like a studio to a one bedroom situation, and that would equate to about mm, what fourteen to like eighteen hundred. Right, so it's right. A, it's almost around the same, honestly. Okay. Maybe a little less. Right. Sounds like a just a little less. Right. 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 Just a little bit. Yeah. Gotcha, Still expensive. Gotcha. <laughs> and, and so speaking about that, as far as this, obviously you had a you know a job that paid you very well, right? <laughs> Where you were. Um. To and what are you doing now exactly? So now I am doing the teaching assistant program. Right. So I'm working twelve hours a week with them. Right. Um, but I'm also babysitting on the side just because where I was living at first, the my rent was basically the same amount as my salary. Oh, my God. And, of course, that right. Work. So I was like, okay, <laughs> exactly. So what am I going to do to make this work? And I was like, I'll just get a second job. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I'm working two jobs. So I'm probably working about, mm, like, 20 
26 hours a week. Okay. And did you foresee that before you moved there, that you were going to work two jobs, or did it just happen to be that because of circumstances? Oh, I, I already knew. I oh, knew because, oh, okay. Because I knew I was going to live in that apartment, and I knew the payment. I was like, okay, I need to find a second job. So maybe like a few weeks before I moved, I was um, on like babysitting websites and talking to families here and there. So you are a hustler, Kiara. You are a hustler. I'm from Detroit. I'm from Detroit. <laughs> Come on. Detroit hustles hard. See, and you know this is what I mean, see, see what you what you did, and this is why I'm glad I'm talking to you because people, I think, foresee that one, that living abroad could be an easy thing or a hard thing. But it's, it's a whole bunch of different experiences because when I got this job, oh, yeah. right, like everything was already mm-hmm. set for me. They found my housing. I already knew what my salary was going to be. You know, I already knew all these things. Yeah. I'm like, all right, they take care of all of that. I just gotta show up. Yeah. You know, I just gotta I just gotta arrive. Even though that was mm-hmm. difficult, I just had to arrive. But you are doing all this legwork for yourself yeah. to make it possible. Yeah. And for people that are listening that are thinking about living abroad or are living abroad, like that's the difference. Is that not every mm-hmm. no journey is the same when it goes to living abroad. You make it what you wanna make it and how how easy or how difficult depends on your own circumstances and what where you wanna live and what job you want, exactly. all that matters. So I'm glad, exactly. you know, but again, you made it possible. You're making it work for yourself, which is great. So you, you, yeah, you mentioned, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was just going to mention how, like, different my experience is this time versus mm, my experience the first right, time. Because right. my experience the first time, I didn't have to do all of this, you know what I mean? Like, it was pretty smooth for me. Small town, everything was organized. But being here in Paris, everything is completely different. Like, the program hasn't isn't as organized. You know, I had to deal with all of this. You know, I gotta get a second job because Paris is expensive. So yeah, even within the, within myself, completely different experience second time around. Wow, wow. And I was I was gonna ask you mentioned these uh because I remember this on Instagram that you had you went through something that was kind of like a challenge, right? You had to like move, right? You meant you you uh, alluded right. to that. So if you could tell yep. us a little bit more about that, because again, that's probably something you didn't foresee, right? That you had to move. Um, I had a friend who I've known since high school who lives here, and he rents out an apartment in his house. And so I was like, oh, this will be perfect. But I had two options, okay? I could have lived in the studio, um, in the in the garden of one of the teachers at one of my schools, or I could have lived with my friend. And I was like, oh, I know somebody here. Like, this would be perfect. It's a much larger space. It looked dope, so, by the way. I remember um, looking at it. It looked really dope. Oh, my dope. God. <laughs> oh, my God. I, it, was, it was everything. Balcony, full living room, It was room, really, looked really nice. Like, it was, it was, it was, it was giving luxury. Right? And it that's was. what I wanted. That's what I wanted. I wanted this luxurious Parisian lifestyle. And so I think the I think the Lord had to humble myself. But anyway, um, it was re- it was really late one night, and I was with a few other assistants, and I was like, I don't want you guys to go home. It's too late. So just come stay with me. Like no problem. Uh, we get there. I give them a pillow. We go to sleep. Like there's there's no noise. Anything like that. So I get a text message from my friend the next day. He's just like, oh, it's necessary. I need to talk to you. There's rules in this household. Mind you, you never told me the rules before I got there. Um, you cannot have people here. It's prohibited. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm just sort of taken aback because, number one, he never told me these rules. And number two, he also didn't tell me that his older brother was sleeping in the room next to mine. Uh, so it was just, um, it was a lot of weird vibes going on. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't come to France to not have any freedom. Like, you're not going to talk to me like I'm a child, I'm an adult. Right. And I just said, you know what, it's okay. I, I can't, I'm not going to continue to live this entire year like this. So um, I contacted the teacher who was going to rent me the studio. Luckily, he was so available and I was able to move there. Wow. So. 
Yeah, get, yeah. This this happened all within ten days. That's <laughs> that's that's wild. That's but again, it shows you that because you, you could so many people, and this happens a lot when you live abroad. Is that when you come out to difficult situations, some people are like, nah, this ain't it. Then I'm going back home. Like they they saying they yeah. saying for me. Oh, I thought about it. I thought right, about it. right. Like that's and and there's nothing wrong with people that do that. I don't want to make it seem like oh, you know, you're you're a loser if you leave. You know, no, but. It, it it speaks to the different channels that we're willing to to with uh, to go through in order to make something right. real for us. And you knew, and obviously because mm-hmm. you're still there, that you want to make yeah. France happen, right? You want to make yeah. it happen. So you're gonna find the way. And obviously, you found when there's a will, there's a way, as they say, right? So you found way. your way. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm glad that, that you're no longer in that situation. Uh, <laughs> sounds sounds like hell. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a lot. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, I think it. I think it actually worked out for the better, and this this is again a second, you know, <laughs> a second note to me going against my intuition. But you know, I'm closer to the schools that I work at now. The my host mom, she's super sweet. She was super helpful. She drives, so I ride with her in the morning to work. So honestly, it just ended up being a much better situation. Um, of course, I'm saving money as well. Right. So right, right, right. Yeah. All right. So now let's talk about a little bit. This is in living color abroad. And that's one thing that I, I've always wondered, and interesting, what it's like to be in places that might be diverse or not diverse. And from what I can gather of France and Paris, that it's it's a very diverse place. So, very diverse. Right. So take me through that. What what are the people do you see? You know the different uh, where people come from. What what what's like? What's it like when you walk through the streets of Paris? Wow. Paris is literally a melting pot, and I'll just give you an example from one of my classrooms. I went around, I asked everybody where they're from, and oh my gosh, it was amazing. I had people from Mali, from Senegal, from Turkey, from Morocco, from Algeria, like all over, mm. um, especially within the continent of Africa. You have right. a lot of people, a lot of Indian people, a lot of Asian people, like there's literally everybody, and I love it. Right, and would you, would you say that would you say, like you said, it's a melting pot, kind of like New York. Would you say it's segregated mm-hmm. or is it like pockets in New York where you see all kinds of people at all the time? What would you say? I would say, and this is based off of a conversation I had with my host mom, that mm-hmm. there are pockets. So, like, where I am, for example, I'm in the banlieue, okay, which I think to them sort of translates to, like, the hood, but to us it just translates into the suburbs. Okay. So, like, for example, where, where I live, it's, Majority uh, people from Algeria. Okay. Uh, people from like, Western Africa, and she said that on um, one of there's a street where it's like predominantly Jewish. Mm. Interesting. So I live in yeah I live in a, a majority minority area. Okay. Versus when you go into Paris, right? You go into the city. That's where you're going to see majority uh, French. Right. And how do you feel that you fit in, right, as a black woman, as an African American woman, where you, where most of the people of the diver- of diversity come from, African or West African countries, right, as immigrants? Mm-hmm. What, how do you view yourself within that context? So it's actually really weird how I feel about myself here. Like I definitely feel like I fit in, but for some reason, there's a part of me that just feels like I don't. Um, mm. And that probably is due to the fact, so when I meet people here, a lot of the time they ask me, where are you from? Mm. And I tell them, oh, I'm American. And then they're like, but like, no, like, where are you from? And I'm like, I'm <laughs> black. I'm a black American. And a lot of people will, a lot of people will still push and they'll say, no, but where? Right, and right. this is because here, 
when you're talking to a black person here, they will be able to tell you where they're from. Right. And it's specifically uh, a country in Africa, usually. Mm -hmm. And so I can't tell them that because I don't I don't know my roots. Mm -hmm, I don't. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, I, I started to tell people, like, you know, it's probably due to slavery that I don't know, but we won't get into that. <laughs> but um, it kind of, But to them, to them, I look, I look even more foreign. Like, I'm black, but I look a little foreign because they can't figure out, like, okay, where are you actually from? Mm. <laughs> so it's a little weird. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I feel like this happens in a lot of places because, you know, America is what it is, right? It's like the cultural center of the of the planet, right? And we're familiar right. with a lot of different things, but it doesn't mean that every country has the same kind of information or seek out that same information because if yeah, obviously if you're in America and someone's black, you're like, all right, you're African-American, right? Or exactly, if they can tell you, exactly. you're not going to be like, no, where are you really, really from? You know, like that doesn't necessarily, that doesn't might not happen as often as you said. It might happen in France because the people that they encounter that are black, like you said, come from these African nations, right? They're first generation, mm -hmm. right? Second generation, mm -hmm. not yep. far removed because of slavery, like you said, right? So it's a right. very different right. context. Good point. So what's your so mm -hmm. what's your reaction to that though? Like, how do you like the obviously you don't want to be the I mean the teacher of like, hey, let me teach you about American history, but like, how do you encounter and deal with those kinds of conversations? Well, in the typically, I'm you know I just tell them like you know I'm from Africa and I tell them I'm not Africa. I tell them I'm from uh, the states, from America, and that I just don't know. Right. I tell them that I don't know my roots. Um, and now you know I started to bring up that whole slavery point, and you know people are like, ha ha, like yeah, like ding ding, like you're right, 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 right. right. <laughs> so yeah, but I, I just tell them that you know I don't know my roots, and that hopefully one day I will. I'll take a test and I'll find out. But right now I don't. Mm. So for right now, you need to know that I'm just a black. I'm African-American. So it. so do you feel... So this ha this happens to a lot of people when they uh, go abroad, people that are that are black, people of color that I talk to, is that they feel mm -hmm. more American. They felt more American than ever before when they go abroad versus when, they're, when they were back home in the States. Do you feel more American now that you're in France or less so? I, I do. <laughs> I do. And I... It's really a feeling. I can't really put my finger on how to really explain it but when I'm like on the bus for example or if I'm just like walking around for some reason I just feel like on the inside that I scream American <laughs> you know it's, it's not that and it's it's not that people are staring at me right right but like for example on, on the bus today for example like I have my headphones in and I'm like you know I'm bopping my head to my music because I'm into it and I just feel like that's I don't know. I could really be in my head overthinking it, but I feel mm. like that's so American. Like, I look around the bus, and I don't see anybody, like, you know, getting into their music like that. So I'm like, look at me on this bus being, being an American. <laughs> like, it's little things like that. Right, or, right. like, I don't know. Like, sometimes I have moments where I'm, like, walking in the street, and I'm like, I have to be somewhere, so I'm, like, walking pretty fast. And I just have this, like, this 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 persona, this aura about me that I'm just like, mm-hmm, yeah, I know, yep, I'm walking through the streets right now like oh you're not going to get in my way like you need to get out my way like i don't know what that is but maybe that can be, maybe that's some american some american know. shit right there yeah i don't know <laughs> oh man me? that's funny that's funny but i can relate see i can relate to that and you don't do you notice feel that way? no i do i feel more and it's funny because i'm in costa rica right a, a latino country okay. and i'm latino right. but mm -hmm. i feel more american here because, I mean, it's like when it comes to either dating or just talking to people that are locals, 
like they say you're, you're very New Yorker or you're very, I'm like what do you mean what does that mean like you're very direct I tend to think that I am but they're like no you're like to a fault and, and I'm like yeah. and I never really encountered that I was being in New York most people are like that so I never really have right. to think about oh Angel you're, like you gotta chill out a little bit you know you gotta, you gotta scale it back a little bit because of where you are but so how do you feel that you're you're like walking this this line of like adapting to the French culture but not like assimilating to the, to the sense of like now Kiara is a different Kiara. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah, you know, I don't you know, I I'm a hundred percent me and I will forever hundred percent be me. So it's like right. I don't really believe that I am sort of assimilating. Like I mm. on one end I feel like okay, yes, I'm uh, a resident here. I you know, talk to people here on a daily, I can communicate with you, like, that's great, but at the same time, like, I'm not trying to change mm. who I am to be, like, I'm not trying to change who I am to be more French, if that makes sense. Mm, okay, like, okay. I will, I will, I will walk around here with my Howard sweatshirt on, I will walk around here with the, the my Detroit hat, like, I will <laughs> be me, like, when I, when I'm DJing here and I'm playing music, if I'm in somebody's car, if I'm at a bar and I'm playing the music, like, I will be playing some, some T Grizzly, like, that happened. Right. <laughs> like, I'm going to bring you know, my, what I know, my culture, right, I will bring that right. here. And I think that whole, like, us feeling sort of, you know, more American, well, it, it makes sense, right? We're removed from the country, and now it's just heightened right, a little bit. Right, right, so. it's heightened, right, right. So interesting. Mm -hmm. All right, now we're, we've reached the last segment of the podcast. I could talk to you forever, Kiara, I'm sure. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so this will be a lightning round questions. So first thing that comes to your okay. mind, and all right, you ready? I'm ready. All right. Favorite phrase in French? Laissez faire. Is that like, what does that mean? Like, let it be or like... It means free? let... Yeah, you got it. Uh, look, look at you. I just know because laissez faire economics. That's all I, that's what I try to... Yep, yep, that's, what, that's where they got it from. That's where they got it from. Okay, good. Yeah, I, I, I know something. All right, so let it be. Laissez faire. I like that. I like that, laissez faire. Um, least favorite phrase in French? Uh, take toi. What does that mean? Which is shut up, basically. <laughs> Do you hear that a lot in, in French? <laughs> in in the schools, actually. In the really? Schools, which is interesting. Yes. Wow. Oh yeah, the teachers the teachers yell here. Say shut up, damn. Okay, damn. We should. Yeah, they, they we gotta speak more about that yeah. offline, but. <laughs> yeah, we can. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, weirdest thing someone has asked you in French. Oh my God! This this older man came up to me on the street and basically was asking me to be like his escort. Like he was oh like, "Oh, we can meet my. up on the." He was like, "We can." He was like, "We can meet up on the weekend." Or he was like, "We can't meet up on the weekend because I'll be with my family, but maybe we can meet at a hotel somewhere." And I'm like, "Sir, what?" Yeah, that that's okay. Work. I didn't anticipate that one, but okay. <laughs> What's the nicest thing someone told you in French? How do you say you're beautiful in French? Belle? Just Belle? Belle. Okay. Belle sounds nice. That sounds nice. Sounds nice. Yeah. All right. So that's your favorite thing. Okay. What's your favorite French cuisine? Bouf bourguignon. What is that? My favorite dish. It is basically... It's beef stew. Okay. Beef stew. Beef is good out there. Yes. Yes. So fresh. Least favorite French cuisine? Um... Not really cuisine, but Roquefort. It's a um, it's a cheese. 
um, henna is too strong. It's like 10 times stronger than a blue cheese. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. um, favorite place outside of Paris? I, oh, I'll say, um, I'll say Nice, France. Mm. It's in the south. Okay. Very beautiful. It gives like a Miami, Vegas type vibe. Okay, 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 okay. What do you miss the most from home, from the States? My family and my friends. What do you what do you not miss at all? Uh work life balance over there. Mm-hmm. Good one. And final, final answer. This is not lightning round. You have sixty seconds or so on the clock. Um oh, get, <laughs> not really, just a final my final question to you. <laughs> All right. Uh, I usually think of think of think of these on the fly based on the conversation. So, what would this Kiara, twenty twenty one Kiara, tell twenty thirteen twenty fourteen Kiara about what it, to expect in France and in life moving forward? In France and in life moving forward, expect things to not always work out the way that you want them to. That is okay, and to not overthink every little thing that comes your way, and to like let they say, just let things be, and live your life the way you want to. Do every single thing that you want to, just let it happen. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Kiara. I most definitely did. Um, just great energy from Kiara throughout the entire episode. Uh, you can tell that. One, she hustles. <laughs> That's the first thing I kind of took away from everything. Working two jobs anywhere can't be easy, let alone in a foreign country um, while you're living abroad. So just shout out to her for, for doing that and making France happen. And also, you can, you know, the, the self-reflection. I think there's such a huge part. And what I love about this podcast and hearing people's stories is that you can tell that people do a lot of self-reflection when they're abroad. Um, you should do it whether you're abroad or not, but there's something about <laughs> about living abroad that leads to more self-reflection in, in, in individuals because you're removed from what you know into what you don't know. Um, I think Kiara is a great representation of that, of how she's maneuvered and how she's thought about what her life was like in 2013 when she first went to study abroad in France to now in 2021 and the different circumstances uh, that she's currently in. I just think that's just shows right someone's personal growth. I think that's amazing to see. And France sounds dope. I might I might just go there, pay her a visit, <laughs> and uh, see France. I mean, I'm not against going to France. Honestly, I I think you know it'll be cool. But I would like to see like other places in Europe, like Amsterdam or whatever the case may be, or Brussels. So yeah, I want to do like a like a train ride. Maybe I might go to might go there for New Year's. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was just great talking to Kiara. But yeah, I'm so sorry. For such a long wait in episodes, I told you um, I've been busy. For those that are listening about it for the first time or not, I've been busy with my grad school, with my job, and just it's, it's been it's been difficult to manage the podcast, honestly. But I hope, I hope, I hope to be more consistent with it because I love doing it. I think you guys enjoy the content that I do bring to you guys. But yeah, if you like what you hear, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, follow me on Spotify, and any of your other favorite stream platforms. See you next week, hopefully. <laughs> this is A Living Color Abroad. Peace.